0: if you want to make some hip-hop out of it or uh, add it to your dance mix, uh, you know, that's okay with me.
1: Today on Office Hours, we're talking to Professor Jerry Goldman, the creator of Oye.org, a multimedia archive of Supreme Court audio, transcripts, and general records going back decades. Professor Goldman started our conversation by showing me his cell phone ringtone. Oye, Oh yay, Oye.
0: Oh, yay, oh, yay. That's the... Um, marshal of the Supreme Court, probably back in 1962, and it means hear ye, hear ye, listen up. It's pronounced in the Supreme Court and many other courts, Oyez. His recitation goes on for a bit longer than that, and he ends with God save the United States and this honorable court.
1: Professor Goldman has made his life's work saving this honorable court, or at least his audio records, on oye.org.
0: So oye is My magnum opus, and it is all of the public proceedings recorded in the Supreme Court the first Monday in October 1955 to the present.
1: The court starts its session on the first Monday in October every year, and this year, that's tomorrow, October 3rd. The first Monday in October is just one of many traditions that the court holds dear.
0: You know, the court just takes itty-bitty steps, always looking back, and it's stuck with the way of the law, which is to rely on what you did yesterday, or 10 years ago, or 100 years ago. That's a good guide for what to do today. Behind the bench where the justices sit, at each location there are nine spittoons. They're used as waste baskets now, but the audio that we've collected is pretty good, and we think we can identify the last time someone actually spat, probably about 1957. You could hear one of the justices draw up a lot of phlegm and produce what I would describe technically as a giant loogie and uh, aim it at the spittoon. But uh, uh, that's just an example of the tradition that carries on in the Supreme Court. You know, this is how they've done it. It's going to take a while for them to change.
1: Professor Goldman was never interested in looking back, though. He was fascinated by computers when he first came to Northwestern in 1975 and discovered a new Mac program called HyperCard.
0: Uh, Which was basically an electronic flash card, if you will, and you could put text on it, but you could also put bitmapped black black-and-white pictures on it, and you could even put movies on a card, and you could make the card flip. So I was sitting in Wrigley Field, uh, probably about 1986 or so, on a dulcetory August afternoon, Cubs are losing, and um, my mind is wandering. And I realized that baseball could become a metaphor to explain the Supreme Court to students and the public. But then we outgrew the HyperCard environment because there was this thing called the World Wide Web, uh, which was coming into existence. And I recognized that it had the potential to reach a vast audience. Has it been successful? Well, I guess we have about 5 million unique users a year, so if one of my old colleagues at Northwestern were to ask me about the utility of this project, challenge the notion that a web project is anything worthwhile, I might reply by saying, well, how many people downloaded your recent article in the Journal of of Greek ethics. <laughs> you know, I think the numbers are probably on my side.
1: Goldman did allow, though, that...
0: Some of these things can get pretty <laughs> dull. You know, They're debating the fine points of statutory construction involving statutes that are so far removed from the lives of most Americans.
1: If it's so boring, why should people care? <laughs>
0: Well, they should care because they want to be informed citizens, and the Supreme Court isn't going to inform them. They have to inform themselves.
1: Professor Goldman is saying that we should stay informed for the sake of staying informed, but the Supreme Court also has a direct impact on, say, whether your two uncles can get married. I mean, we saw the the case decided on gay marriage. We've seen in this Mm -hmm. past session there was a case on affirmative action, on... Um, abortion clinics
0: and then before that even on Obamacare twi- yeah. twice and some important religious liberty decisions uh, but that's been that's always the case the court will be confronting critical decisions, forever. That's its role. The fact that there is a vacancy, a nominee, the failure of the Senate to engage that nominee wrapped up in the presidential election, although it hasn't proved a major issue in this most recent debate, does give it a more salience. And I'm sure at the margins, people will pay more attention to it.
1: The 2016 term gets underway tomorrow, and it won't have as many flashpoint cases as last term, as the justices try to avoid a 4-4 deadlock. But like Professor Goldman said, the court's role is to make critical decisions that will influence both the law and people going forward. I'm Maddie Fox. My producer is Isabel Robertson. The audio editor of the Daily Northwestern is Corey Mueller, and our editor-in-chief is Julia Jacobs. Thanks for listening to Office Hours, and we'll see you in two weeks.